eyes and that long black hair and the accent. Most important, she looked happy to talk to him, unlike Josephine. What's your name, Italiano? Cinzia. Beside her, Josephine sighed. Have fun with Dwight, Robbie almost said. You two will get along great. Instead, he raised his glass. Here's to Italy. To Italy. And to Bahrain on a Thursday night. He took a long swallow of his beer. And we're off. The black Mercedes E-190 rolled down the King Fahad Causeway, the ten-mile bridge between Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. Below the asphalt was the water of the Persian Gulf, warm as a bathtub and nearly as flat. Omar al-Rashid sat behind the wheel. His younger brother, Fakir, slept beside him in the passenger seat. A line of drool curled into Fakir's pure white thob, the long gown that Saudi men wore, Fakir had the soft bulk of a high school nose tackle. His thob draped his round stomach like a pillowcase. He was eighteen, two years younger than Omar. Fakir! Fakir grunted irritably. Let me sleep. You've been asleep since the eastern province, and you're drooling. I'm relaxed. You're as stupid as a donkey. Better to be stupid than scared. I'm not scared. Omar punched Fakir, his fist thumping against Fakir's biceps and then wished he hadn't, for Fakir didn't complain, didn't even rub his arm. It's all right, brother, if you want to back out, we can do without you. I'm not scared. For the first time in his life, Omar hated his brother. He was scared. Anyone would be scared. Anyone but a donkey like Fakir. But now he'd gone too far. The humiliation of quitting outweighed the fear of death. And maybe the imams were right. Maybe virgins and endless treasures awaited them on the other end though he didn't see the imams lining up to find out. Three minutes later they reached the tiny barrier island that marked the border of Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. A board guard checked the Mercedes registration. A hundred meters on, an immigration agent swiped their passports and waved them through without asking their plans. Everyone knew why Saudis went to Bahrain. They went for a drink, or two, or ten. They went to hang out with their girlfriends without being hassled by the Mutawa, the Committee for the Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice, the Saudi religious police. They went to watch movies in public, movie theaters being another pleasure forbidden in the kingdom. After Bahraini immigration, they were waved into a shed for a customs inspection. An officer nodded toward the blue travel bag in the back seat. Open it, please. Omar unzipped the bag, revealing jeans, sneakers, and black T-shirts. The clothes were hardly suspicious. Saudi men often changed into Western-style clothes in Bahrain. Enjoy your visit, the officer said, and waved them on. We will, Fakir said. At JJ's, Robbie was off his game. Dwight had won Chinsia's attention, leaving Robbie with Josephine. He decided to go the tried and true route of getting her drunk. Time for another round. What's your pleasure? Josephine raised her glass, still half full. No thanks, Frodo. Frodo, Robbie said, in what he hoped sounded like mock horror. In reality, the joke cut a bit close. Hope I'm bigger than he is. I hope so, too, for your sake, she glanced at Chinsia. Figuring the odds you'll be stuck with me? Exactly, she swallowed the rest of her drink. All right, then, vodka and tonic, Grey Goose. Of course, Grey Goose, Robbie thought, top shelf all the way, this one and thin odds I'll get more than a peck on the cheek. One grey goose and tonic coming up. 
Five minutes later, he was back with fresh glasses. Thanks. My pleasure. What about you? Live here? Indeed. Even this one would melt a bit when she heard his next line. I teach, Robbie grinned. I know what you're thinking. How could I teach? You probably think I barely made my O-levels, the basic British high school graduation exams. But these kids are special. Special how? Autistic. Developmentally disabled, we call it. That must be hard. I feel lucky every day. Robbie wasn't lying. He did feel lucky. Lucky he wasn't one of the monsters. Half of them spent their days spitting and screaming wop, wop, wop every ten seconds like they were getting paid to imitate helicopters. The other half punched you when you asked them to look you in the eyes like they were actual human beings. Once in a while, Robbie felt he was getting through. Mostly, he could have been playing video games in the corner for the good he did. Lucky, indeed.